The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good morning, and thank you for joining host Cheryl Esposito for an intriguing hour of Leading Conversations. Each week, Cheryl brings together big thinkers to the Voice America Business Channel. Now here's your host, Cheryl Esposito. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito. Today we have a very special guest and a good friend of mine, Frederick Johnson, Fred, as we call him lovingly, is an accomplished vocalist and percussionist. He's recognized internationally as one of the world's greatest vocal improvisers. And he's performed on stage. Now, let me read you just a portion of this list. Miles Davis, Dizzy Gillespie, Chick Corea, Aretha Franklin, Patti LaBelle, George Benson, B.B. King, I could go on and on and on, but you get the feeling here of who Fred is. He's an author of a book called Quiet Callings, and we're going to talk about that a bit. And we would like to welcome Fred. Hey, Fred, how are you? Cheryl, how are you doing? It's a pleasure to be with you. Thank you so much. It's great to have you here. So where are you today? I am in St. Petersburg, Florida, which is my home. Um, I uh, have been living here for the past 35 years, a Jersey boy who grew up and uh, came to Florida about 35 years ago just to perform for a couple of weeks, fell in love with the weather and the sea, and I've been here ever since. Oh, great, great. So you grew up on the East Coast and made your way to the southern part of the East Coast, and, um, and since then have been traveling around the world uh, using your music to make a difference. So let's talk a little bit about how you even came to be um, connected to music. I mean, did it start as a kid? Actually, it did. Um, And my my journey to music uh, started out... Um, in a very interesting way, a way that sort of uh, came into a greater level of understanding for me as I became an adult. But the interesting part of my early journey is that the first five and a half years of my life, I was what they called back in the 50s a ward of the state. So I was an orphan. So those developmental years um, where I had to sort of deal with certain challenges like not having sort of a regular mom, dad, or a family member that was holding me, rocking me, nurturing me in those ways. You know, they say that the universe will give you everything that you need in order to function at your highest level. And so during that period of time of my life, sound and motion was a really important thing for me. So I, can, I can't remember a time when I wasn't humming or creating some type of sound. Um, the scientific element is, of that is the fact that, you know, the body has a need for, for sound and motion. Hence, as parents, oftentimes what we do with our little ones is we sing to them or they, they, they feel the rhythm of our heartbeat and we rock them, all those natural kinds of things we need. So, 
I did those instinctively. I made and created sound all the time, and I was really actively an active kid. I was a movement and motion kid. Um, and that was my solace for me as a young child until the first time I heard a piece of music and sang it out loud. And so music before that and sound before that was sort of my personal way, my little cocoon, my way of feeling comfortable myself. And then when the time came that I extended my voice out and sang it, that connected me to other people. So my whole life has been around a journey of music and sound and theater. Um, It's the most natural thing for me to do, and I think that that is because they say that that, those those developmental years really kind of set your pattern for life. And it certainly set a pattern for life for me because music and understanding music as a, a modality for entertainment and more recently in the last 15 years or so of my life as a modality for helping people to connect to their higher selves and to hear their voices in a different way and to understand how what they say and what they listen to and the environments that they create, how it can enrich their life, has afforded me the opportunity to travel all over the world and be of service and at the same time do what I absolutely love doing. So talk a little bit about how old you were the first time you really knew your voice had power. How old are you? Uh, I was about seven years old. And, and can you remember back to then what it felt like? Ooh. Um, I would say that it really, I felt for the very first time the essence of that power. It felt, I felt like it really connected me to the world because um, the first time I really, really sang sort of what I would consider to be full out, I could see that, I could feel that I made a connection with other people, and it made them smile. And the only way that I can really explain it is that it's almost as if the whole space just lit up with what I now call energy, but it lit up with joy. You know, it was like people opened up and they received me and they received my voice. And I remember the very first time that that happened, something clicked inside of me that allowed me to know, wow, this is a really powerful and a very enjoyable and and something that causes people to like me, but they seem to feel better about themselves at the same time. Wow. Now, you know, I mean, as I think about the things that happen with us as kids and how, how our behaviors get either reinforced or suppressed, um, you know, it, it, that's a very critical moment for a child. It could, you could have easily been told to be quiet, right? Um, and many, many children are told to be quiet, and, but somehow this was supported for you. And you went on to really have an affinity for this and bring it into the world. Lucky for us, I have had the privilege of being in your presence. You have masterfully um, shared who you are through your voice and through your incredible drumming and all of your um, musical talent. And you have engaged an audience where we were completely not only mesmerized by you, but we were singing and we were involved and we were on our feet and, and it was all improvised. It was so beautiful. How did you get to the point where you could be um, that spontaneous in the music? 
Well, I think uh, I would attribute that to uh, a couple of things, and and I want to. I also want to make a comment on in terms of what you talked about in terms of how, you know, being quiet or being allowed to 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 sing or being allowed to to speak aloud. I actually went through a very interesting challenge with that, and that's another reason why I think I understand the power of music. Um, it was interesting for me the way that uh, I was for one of another word, punished in my life was to not be allowed to sing. <laughs> so, oh, so wow. It was a really interesting, it's a really interesting thing. But I, again, for me, it helped me sort of from the inside out to understand how important it is for us to really, really connect to our word, to our music, to our truth. Um, and I'll talk a little bit more about that later on, but it's a, it directly relates to, to this question. The, the spontaneity for me began at a very early age because early on it was, it was a lot more comfortable um, for me to sing what I was thinking rather than to speak what I was thinking. Okay. And as a young child, I was in those situations where, you know, I wasn't, uh, especially when I was at the, at the orphanages and things, I wasn't a problematic child, so I didn't really cause a lot of problems. Later in life, I did, but at that point, <laughs> I, didn't cause, I didn't cause a lot of challenges. And I would sing what I was thinking. Or, you know, other kids would say things to me, and I would sing back to them what they were saying, and it was like a game. And so from, for me, it was really fun. And again, I almost thought in phrases, in singing phrases as opposed to speaking phrases. Um, I knew when to do that and when not to do that, but especially in my private time. I could, I just have always felt comfortable with doing that or riding down the street. I would sing the names of streets or sing what I was thinking. Um, the more formalized part of that came from just many, many years of having the good fortune of, of working in the jazz arena and, you know, working with some of the greatest jazz musicians in the world, listening to jazz instrumentalists, because you really learn how to improvise more deeply if you go beyond just the spectrum of voice. Like, in other words, for scat singing and some of the great traditional improvisational things or improvisational phrasings, I listened to both vocalists and instrumentalists. And so I could learn. I learned a lot from listening to Dizzy Gillespie, listening to Miles Davis, and then, of course, listening to some of the great vocal, vocal singers like Carmen McRae and, and Ella Fitzgerald, Nat King Cole, who I listened to his piano playing more than his singing. He was a great singer. So I've, but I've always had sort of this instinct, and when you begin to study sound and the journey of sound and breath, you come to understand that once the bridge is built or reinforced between your thought and your ability to communicate, and this is equally as important for uh, just people who are public speakers or people who speak, you know, before people, once that intimate connection is made between your thinking and your ability to vocalize it, the same thing applies for the voice. And so that's a big part of it. And then the second part of it is to understand that there is a beautiful freedom in being present in the moment. And so for me, over the years, it has just become sort of the, a combination or a connection of the technique, the improvised technique, and the freedom to trust that what needs to be there in the moment will be there to not just empower you, but to empower everybody around you. Well, and that comes through very clearly. Um, the times that I have experienced you multiple times that I have experienced you with large groups and, and how the audience 
is so responsive and so quickly responsive because you are an invitation. That is so clear. There is, um, you, know, you make it, you give the whole group permission um, and people are so comfortable simply letting their voice be heard. Uh, and and it, it comes out beautifully. It comes out, I mean, you know, the sound that is created, the harmony that is created is just fantastic. So, you know, talk a little bit about that. How does that happen? Well, that's a, that's a huge compliment, Cheryl. Thank you very much. Um, uh, you happen to be uh, a really, really open, loving, caring being. And so and I've said this to you before, when, when we've had the opportunity to be together in a space and to be close to each other, you can feel that energy. And so that, that's a really, really huge compliment. I think, I think it's really about, there was a point in my life, and this is, um, I, I attribute this to two amazing teachers that I had, one from, both from West Africa, one from Ghana, and the other from Senegal, um, and they were really my, um, they were my, my musical mentors in the sense that they took what I knew to do technically and moved it from my head into my heart. And what they taught me was the understanding that as musicians or as artists, as artists or even as leaders, is that we have an amazing opportunity to create a sense of community. And so whether you're uh, uh, the leader of a company and you're standing before the members of your company or whether you're a conductor and you're standing before the symphony or whether you're a parent and you're standing with your family or whether you're at a group like we have gathered at, we have a great opportunity to be conduits for people to connect first to the energy of themselves and then to each other. And music and even just breathing together, speaking together. This is where the power of meditation or the power of having the opportunity to connect to others and to, is, is a really, really powerful thing. So there was a point in time in my life where I shifted from a mindset of Fred Johnson, the entertainer, to Fred Johnson, who is a conduit for entrainment or connecting people to their joy, to their higher self, and to that community sense of being together, of feeling safe, of understanding that, that your voice is perfect for you. And that is what's important is that with that common purpose of creating that energy, you can bring a feeling of joy, you can bring a feeling of connectedness, you can bring a feeling of wholeness and health and healing. So when I was able, through these wonderful teachers, to be guided to what they call a, a, a deeper surrender, to say, you know what, I've been given these gifts and I want to utilize these gifts to empower people to be of service to others, and by helping and serving others with my, my greater talents, then together we feel this true sense of wholeness. And I've seen this happen time and time again. I'm, you know, working with, working, uh, with community groups, working with national organizations, whether they're business organizations or going into a church situation or even sometimes going into volatile situations where people are at odds. But if they're willing to take a moment to recognize that we have a common purpose and that common purpose is we want to come to a better place for the greater good of everybody. 
And so my thing is to just breathe into it, totally trust and know that by by that powerful intention that magic can happen, that joy can happen, that peace can happen, because we all want to be happy. We all want to be in a place of just peace and, and safety and comfort, and that's what music does. And if we can breathe together and sing together, then the best that we have to offer ourselves and, and everybody else will come come together, and I think that's the experience that we've had when we've been in, in groups together, is that we're coming together and we're really sharing, and we're safe, and we're comfortable, and, you, and, I, and yes, I give you permission to, along with me, let's sing together, let's speak together, let's breathe together, and the joy and the peace will be there. And that is who you are, Fred Johnson. We have more to talk about with Fred Johnson, and maybe we'll get him to do the little vocal for us when we come right back. Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. Welcome back to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito with my very special guest today, Fred Johnson. So, Fred, we talked about how you moved into music and made movie, made the music move others. I mean, that's exactly what happens. It is fascinating to me how you have now taken this work that you do and taken it globally. You have begun to work with people around the world in different backgrounds, diversified spiritual and cultural backgrounds, and work on how to live together, work on reconciliation, work on having a constant vision of hope and a common vision of hope. What got you into this work? Well, a couple of things. Um... First and foremost, uh, um, a big part of the work that I have done for the past 15 years or so is uh, connecting artists to artists and um, thought leaders to thought leaders, people who really, where we did created sort of a what I like to call a fusion between the head and the heart so that there are some great, great 
teachers out there in the world who can inspire us to understand uh, personal development and how to, to better our lives and to better our business and better our relationships. And uh, I give direct credit for being connected on a greater level in that place to Jack Canfield and also uh, to Ms. Jennifer Samuel Chance, who is a very, very dear friend of mine who was a student of mine for many, many years and uh, began her career in the um, world of motivational speaking and coaching. And she was guided to Jack Canfield and studied with Jack. And while a student with Jack said, Jack, I have a very dear teacher and a friend who I really want you to meet. And so um, I had the opportunity to meet Jack, and Jack has been a great friend and a great mentor and inspired me uh, to understand that uh, there was there was there was something that I really had to offer on another level. For many years, I've I've traveled around the world uh, as a performer and worked with artists. But in the last ten years or so, when I really deepened into understanding how music just has a way of opening people's ears to hear another thing, and what I mean by that is. Uh, People will, people will allow music to soften their hearts. People will allow music to inspire them. Oftentimes when conversation won't, when, when sitting around a board, in a boardroom around a table, um, and people, and people are so deeply into the head, so sometimes they just, it's hard to find that bridge that breaks through or, or connects. And so, uh, one of the things that I committed myself to do was to really begin to explore ways to utilize music or what I call melodic language to to open to open people's consciousness to to build bridges and so um, uh, many of the members of the transformational leadership council uh, in, have invited me to come to their to their gatherings to their seminars to their workshops and uh, and do what I do which interestingly enough oftentimes people say it's hard to explain what he does but essentially what I do is I I vocalize thought I bring to I bring to melody thought concepts and ideas sort of in the moment so a part of the work that I do in the world is that is how do I how do I help to build a bridge between a person's intention to change their life whether it's their business life their business situation how do I language what they say they intend to do in a way that it inspires them or creates that bridge between wanting to do it and intellectualizing about it and then moving to action. And so I began doing that. I, it was kind of, in many ways, it was a leap of faith because I remembered my teachers from Africa saying, look, in every moment, every word that's spoken, every phrase that's thought is in some way or not either melodic or dissident. And so I would go into a huge business meeting and say to people, what, uh, what is it that you really want to achieve here? And they would say, well, you know, we want to achieve, we want to learn new business techniques. We want to learn new ways to do whatever, whatever. And I would say, really? Okay. So, all right, let's turn that into music. How do we create a piece of melody that you can remember? How did you learn your alphabet? A, B, C, D, E, F, G. So let's turn right. what your intention is into music, melodic language. And I would do that. And people would be, oh, my gosh. I mean, we read 16 pages of this, but now I get it. It's this, this, and this. So, 
Uh, so I sort of took took a leap of faith for that, um, especially in terms of working with businesses and companies and trying to inspire people to language their intentions in a new way to to you know build their their team build their team in a new way and and it, and it's not just simply well let's create a team song but in a way it's really hearing what I'm saying that I intend to do and moving myself to action. That's a really important thing. Well, and it it sounds like you would have to really distill this down to the essence. You can't have a lot of extraneous language, right? Well, absolutely. You can't. It, it's not necessary, and we we need to do that anyway, right? When we're really talking, you know, it's you know, I, I love the old Jack Webb, just the facts, ma'am, just the facts. You know, what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so, so if we can really give ourselves the opportunity to distill—that's a beautiful word. What you know, where is it that I choose to go? And you know what, sure, what I've come to realize is whatever we're talking about, if we're talking about personal, you know, relationships with others in uh, in, in, in a personal, in, a, in say, in a, in a marriage relationship or in a, a love relationship or in a business relationship, in a, in a corporate larger group relationship, in our lives, in a church relationship, my travels has led me to, to realize that each of us needs to hear more frequently and to a deeper level, um, a kinder, more nurturing conversation about ourselves. We've got to learn to love ourselves. You know that I do a lot of work in Israel, uh, yeah. and a lot of that work is centered around trying to create or building bridges of conversation between between Muslims and Jews, between yeah. the Arabs and Jews, um, and and finding ways in. And oftentimes, our, our language is our barrier. The other thing, too, is you know, people will say to me, but, you know, this whole conversation about peace, what is this? You know, and my thing is, uh, I believe that if we are able to achieve a sense of personal peace, then global peace will be a lot easier. And I really right. believe that. So a, a lot of the work that I do is around saying, telling you how important you are, telling you how great your contribution is, telling you how unique and wonderful you are, telling you that through how you speak to yourself and how you communicate with the world creates a sense of inner power that's connected to a greater good for everybody. And music will just do that. I just I try to surrender my being to creating music and creating a safe space where people can come into that space and know that I'm hearing you, I'm feeling you, I'm respecting you, I'm honoring you. And my responsibility, in fact, my honor is to be able to help you to create or remember a dialogue that will empower you, that will speak to you in a way so that you can say, yes, I do have these gifts, I'm worthy of these gifts, and I'm committed to using whatever it is that I've been given for the greater good of both myself, my family, and of others. And that's the platform upon which I work. Um, well, and let's, let's take Israel as an example. How do you get past some of the language barriers? Well, um, one of the ways that I get past the language barrier is to go into a room, okay? And there are, some, there, are, there are many more organizations in the Middle East, and especially in Israel and even in Gaza and around that region, who are really committed to building bridges of peace. Yes. So we don't yes. hear a lot about that, but there right. are a lot of people that are doing that work. 
Right. So myself, along with a lot of other really dedicated people, if I can get people into a same space, I will. I won't use any language at all, or at least intelligible language. I will get a group of people and I'll clap out a rhythm: one, two, three, four, and point to them, and they have to clap back to me. Then I'll go one, two, three, one, two, three. Then maybe I'll sing la 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 la. They sing la 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 la. So I create a language or a rhythm of commonality. The other amazing gift that I have been given to do that specific kind of work is the Quiet Callings, this collection of 52 mantras that kind of moved through me over a period of 14 months that I have been gifted to use with people because they, don't, they represent the energy of, of harmony. You know, in other words, they're not Arabic or they're not Hebrew or they're not English. It's actually a phonetic language, each of them having their own meaning. Um, And I use that a lot. But I will. I'll create rhythmic patterns, melodic patterns, and people will sing with me and we'll sing together. And you know what? After about 20 minutes, people will be looking at each other and realizing, wow, we're actually having fun here. You know, there's no barriers between us. And it is so beautiful to experience that where people go, all this stuff that I had in my head that, you know, that separates me from you, all we're doing is we're sharing air, we're sharing sound, and we're sharing rhythm. And that is so pure, and it's so clean until people, you can see that people are at ease. So do you have any story to tell us about your favorite moment when you were working in one of your global spaces? Um, I'll tell you a story that really was uh, a powerful transformation for me. And this, is, uh, this speaks to um, uh, sort of how my journey shifted from entertainer to in, uh, purveyor of entrainment or, you know, just <laughs> singing for joy and bringing people together. I was in Malaysia, and it was in, uh, it was in the mid-'90s, actually. And I was traveling. I was touring with one of the top jazz saxophonists in the world. And we were going all over the world. Um, and, uh, I mean, uh, we, the, we did concerts for 50,000, 100,000 people. I mean, we traveled all over. And at that time, on his album, I had a song, and that song had gone to number one in, in the Pacific Rim. So we spent a lot of time in Malaysia, Indonesia, uh, Singapore, Hong Kong, Japan. And we had this particular period of time where we had this uh, two-week-long stint in Malaysia. And we were kind of headquartered in Kuala Lumpur. And um, so on this particular day, I had talked to the road manager, and, and uh, there was a television show that was going to be aired the next morning. And, uh, and, and at that time, this song that I had recorded on the album was number one on the charts. And so uh, I expected to be invited to go to this uh, television show and to do this song, but it turns out that they didn't even tell me about it. the road manager told me about it, but it was kind of, you know, under, under, he just said, Hey man, did you, you know, you know, there's a show tomorrow. And I was like, no, I didn't. I wasn't invited. So anyway, I got up the next day and he went off to do the show and I was really angry. I was like, what? I can't believe this. You know, I got a number one song, you know, I get this, they're playing it everywhere, but they choose to not take me. And so I was really angry. I was feeling sorry for myself. I was, I was upset. So I was sitting in the lobby of the hotel, and two gentlemen walked into the hotel, walked up to the concierge, and um, went to the front desk and said, we're looking for Mr. Johnson, for Mr. Fred Johnson. So, 
anyway, they came over to me and they said, Mr. Johnson, um, we were at your concert last night and we just really took a chance. We didn't really know whether or not we would be able to talk to you, but we were wondering. Um, we were just so moved by your music, and uh, we know you're a jazz singer, but we have a, a camp. The children are out of school right now, and we have a camp of 300 children that are up in the hills, and we were wondering if you would maybe, they'd never met an American before, and at that time I was doing a lot of work with the Baha'i community, and that was in one of my bios, and they were like, they've never met anyone who sang, you know, like you or an American, and would you be willing to come? And so I was like, sure, I'll go. I mean, I got nothing else to do. You know, I was, again, still feeling sorry for myself. <laughs> so, so we go up into the hills, and all the way there, I'm like, great. You know, he's on television. You know, he's getting the glory. He's going to make more money. And here I am, you know, bumping up and down this road, riding up here to play some music for a bunch of kids. So we go up the hills, and we get up to the hills. And once we get up there, um, I could hear the sound of children. And there were children's laughter and stuff. And we got out of the car, and there were like uh, two or 300 children there and parents. And there was this huge roar. And the roar was from a generator. And there was a big generator and there was a, a big, like, meeting hall, and they closed the doors to the meeting hall and had cooled off the room in preparation for, for me to come. So I go into this room, and I'm standing there in front of these children. They turn the generator off, and it's nice and cool. But, you know, there's so many kids until they're just, like, pouring out of the doors, and so they open the doors. And so the gentleman introduces me and says, you know, we are very honored to have our friend from America, Mr. Frederick Johnson, and he's visiting our country, and they did, you know, a little applause for me, and they said, okay, please welcome Mr. Johnson. And so I go to step in front of this group of beautiful little children, and as I step in front of them, a little five-year-old girl, just thinking about this, just really, um, it's a powerful thing. She comes up to me, and she says, Mr. Johnson, would you sing a prayer from my book? Like that. And she gives me this little book, and this little prayer book of Baha'i prayers is all wrinkled and stuff. And so I go, sure. And so I take the book, and as I'm taking a breath to begin to sing, I can feel 300 heads gently go down, and it took my breath away. And I look out, and here's all these beautiful children and adults with their heads bowed. And here I am at the top of this hill with these doors open, and I can hear birds. And I take a deep breath, and I begin to sing, and my voice goes out across this, this, this hillside. And I can feel the energy of all of these people. And all of a sudden, within me, I'm like transformed into this place of knowing I have this beautiful opportunity now to sing for these people. And so I sing this prayer. And at the end of the prayer, they all kind of breathe together and they, and they, they raise their heads. And I go on for probably about a, an hour or so singing and just telling them about America and my journeys and doing all the little instrument improvisational things that I do. And then when I, when I finish, I, I still have the little girl's prayer book, and I finish with this little prayer, and I get them to sing with me. And then I finish, and they, and they clap and whatever, whatever. And another young boy comes up to me and says, Mr. Johnson, would you please sign my prayer book so that every time I do my prayers, I'll remember this day and meeting you. Oh, and I said, sure. And all of these children surround me. And for like an hour and a half, I just put my name in their prayer books. And it was at that moment, Cheryl, that I realized that the gift that I have been given is to empower people to feel the depth within them. 
and to recognize and realize that it's not about, not that there's anything wrong with being on the television, but I was given a gift that day to recognize that there was a greater purpose. Every time I take a deep breath, I'm given an opportunity to share a little bit of my intention to be a loving, caring human being through voice. And that moment in my life changed my life. The very next day, I said to that saxophone player, I got to go home, man. I got, there's another thing I've got to do. And that began this journey of interacting and touching with the world. And it literally changed how I felt about who I was and what was important to me. And I can, every time I tell that story, I can feel it within my soul. It changed my life. And I'm a better me. And I think I serve the world now in a more loving, caring, and a deeper way because of the experience I had with those children in Malaysia. That is a beautiful story. We have about a minute before we go to break. How about singing us to break? Okay. If I can for a moment be a breath with you, a breath of joy and music, it's the one thing I'd love to do. Cheryl and all who listen today, please know and hear what I say. Each breath we take unites us as one. Let's breathe and sing with joy and fun. Regardless of what you do in the world, regardless of where you are in the world, regardless of whether a boy or a girl, listen to what I say. Breathe with me. Sing with me, and we will be as one. Oh, we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post on our wall your thoughts about our shows and network. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexasaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. Welcome back to Leading Conversations. Fred, that was exquisite. Thank you so much for sharing your voice in the moment and just so spontaneously. I just love it. So let's talk about how, um, how this applies to our life every day. Um, clearly, you know, as much as we would like to walk around singing because it does feel good, um, we're not going to do that, right? 
know, we're going to be in business meetings. We are going to, you know, people are going to pick up their kids at the school and, you know, take them home and they're going to ride the bus and, you know, they're not going to be singing all the time. So how does this, how can we apply this to everyday life? Sure. Um, thanks for asking that question. I, I, and actually, people ask me that often because it usually comes around to, great, A, I'm not a singer, B, you know, this is not a musical, you know, <laughs> life is not a musical. Come on, Fred, what's the bottom line here? And so the bottom line is this. In fact, and this may seem a, a, a little abstract, but just go with me on this. How we speak and how we communicate is very important. Um, we all accept that on one level, but let's take it a little bit deeper. What I mean by that is everyone has a song. Your song is the conversation that you have each and every day. And that conversation begins with, what's the conversation that I have with me about me? What's the texture of my conversation or my song with me about me? Now, in the elements of looking at music or looking at a song, there are a, a number of terms that we use. One would be the, the texture or the tempo or the flow. Most people think, think of song in term of, terms of music and lyrics. So let's take it that way. What's the lyric? What's the conversation that I have with me about me? Is it a loving and nurturing one? Is it a forgiving one? Is it an empowering one? Is it one that says, I, I need to do this, and I'm not doing enough of that, and uh, you know what, I need to do this, or I want whatever. What's the, what's the texture? What are the lyrics that we use in our conversation with ourselves? Is it a nurturing one? Is it one that empowers us? Is it one that says, today I choose to live my life to its fullest. If there are some situations that I experience during the course of the day that maybe I don't understand, that's a great opportunity for me to learn a new thing. If I uh, have a business deal and that business deal doesn't necessarily go the way that I would like for it to go, do I have a conversation with me that says, man, I messed that up. I know better now. Why couldn't I do that? Or is it a conversation that says, so let me take a look at the experience that I had today and take a look at what I can do better so that the next time that I move into that situation, I'm going to be able to communicate in a way and I probably will be able to to land that deal or to make that deal happen or to come to an agreement. So it's the music, your music, my friends, is your conversation, both with yourself and the conversation that you have with the world. Do you speak in, in, in melodic ways of truth? You know, are you truthfully having conversations? Are you really allowing yourself to be in a balanced place where there's great dynamics, where sometimes, you know, you're speaking endearingly and so maybe your conversation is a bit softer. Other times you speak with, with more breath and a bit louder, but always for the purpose of the greater good. Whatever it is I do in the world, I do it for the purpose of greater good. So when people ask me that question, I say, simply be aware of these three simple things. Am I really creating a really wonderful relationship between how I'm thinking and how I'm speaking? And is that conversation that I'm having about whatever, does it begin with personal empowerment and personal acknowledgement, not selfishness, but really a self, a self knowing that says, I have a great contribution to make. And each day I'm given the opportunity to understand how to do that even more beautifully, how to do that more caringly, how to do that more proficiently. 
Is my life filled with a lot of I don't knows and I can't and I won't, or is it filled with I'm inspired to, I'm excited to, I understand that I can, and I'm learning as I move along the way. And to be conscious of how we speak to others and to be conscious of our environments and what's happening in our environments. And most importantly, to recognize and realize that all that you desire to achieve in the world is not some great song that's sung by everybody else out in the world, but it begins with the melody that you use and that you choose to speak about you to others and about you to you. And that's a very, very important thing to not be in a situation of, well, let me write a speech. Let me create something now that will, you know, create a desired effect. Take a look at what it is that you're saying and be aware of whether or not it empowers everyone along the way. Well, and that's true. Really, that's really about living it. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Being. Well, and being. I love People what you've me. done with your book, Callings, because Quiet Callings, Quiet Callings, is 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 a practice. I view it as a practice to, to learn how to integrate this. Every week yes. you have fifty-two practices, and yes. every week we get to practice this, practice this voice in ourselves in a different yes. way. I love that. Absolutely. Oh, thank you. Yes, it is. It's it's a wonderful, wonderful gift that really, you know, it just kind of moved through me into the world. But it is a great opportunity each and every week to, 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 to practice hearing, listening, feeling, nurturing, honoring ourselves, recognizing the simple thing. Like, for instance, let me ask you a question, Cheryl. When you breathe, where do you breathe from? Well, it depends. If I'm really conscious of it, I breathe from my belly. But most of the time, I'm breathing from my upper chest. Right, and this is exactly the same answer that I gave to my teacher 25 years ago. He said to me, Fred, when you breathe, where do you breathe from? And I said the same thing because I had had some training, and I said, you know, Baba, when I breathe, I breathe from my diaphragm when I'm conscious of it. Sometimes when I'm not conscious of it, I breathe from my chest. And he said, well, that's an interesting answer, he said, because I think, you know, that's the way that you utilize the breath. He said, but when I breathe, I breathe from the edge of the universe. Oh, <laughs> and when I breathe, and as I breathe, everything between all that I can imagine, the edge of the edge, when I breathe in, I breathe it in. It becomes a part of who I am. To recognize and realize that I'm not breathing from my diaphragm or I'm not breathing from my nose, but I am breathing from the spectrum of all possibilities. And that's like not just some metaphysical thing. It's very, very real. Have you ever seen a child when a child gets a little frantic, you know, like maybe something is happening and something's going on in their life and they're not really sure about it and they get really, really excited and they, and they start to almost cry and whatever and you'll say, oh, no, 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 take, slow down, that's okay, that's okay, just breathe, just breathe. And you'll see that child and they'll go, <sighs> and they'll breathe, and you can feel almost as if they they have breathed you in because immediately you go, oh, poor thing, you know. So, <laughs> so that 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 whole concept of breathing from the edge of the universe is a really powerful thing. So we breathe together. We really breathe as one. I've been in a lot of situations. One time I was in a, in a situation at a high school with a group of children, and I actually did the kulele amola. I am of the breath, one with all of creation. And these kids were really mad at each other. There had been a big fight at the school. And I stood there, and, you know, it was like thick, thick. The air was thick. And I said, you know what? Ladies and gentlemen, I understand that there's a challenge that's faced here. 
But there are many challenges that we face in our life. And I know right now you guys really, really feel at, that you're mad at each other. I said, but I bet there's no one in this room that's so mad that they're willing to do, hold their breath and not breathe. Hold their breath and not breathe the same air that everybody else in the room is. And I took a big breath and I held it on my... And I held my breath and they burst out laughing. And so my thing is, short of holding your breath and refusing to breathe that air that someone else is breathing, because that is our source of oneness, we all breathe from the same place, let's find some solutions. And then I did this, Kulele Amola, Kulele Amola, Kulele Amola, Kulele Amola, Kulele Amola, I am of the breath, one with all creation. I breathe with you. I'm one with you. Kulele amola. And I got everybody singing that. And that's what the quiet callings do. This series of 52 mantras designed one for each week of the year to really experience integrating how I'm thinking, how I'm breathing, and how I'm speaking. Creating a real loving commitment to surrender or to open up to all of life's possibilities in a way that it will empower us first by acknowledging it and then second by spreading that out into the world. Oh, Fred. I mean, those kids must have been so excited and inspired and just filled with energy when they were done with us. Well, they were, they were reawakened to um, possibilities. I, I, I have the honor of, of working uh, about 10, 12 days out of the month in New York City. I'm the artistic director for an organization called Intersections International. It's a social justice organization that is uh, funded by the Collegiate Church of New York, but it is a multi-faith, multicultural, um, world-intended effort to really connect people together. And so it affords me the opportunity to really go into communities and go into schools and work with young people. And the more I do that work, the more I realize we just need to be reminded that however bad it really seems, that we have it within us. We can create change. But it comes from really kind of moving together, breathing together, identifying, recognizing what our individual uh, 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 attributes are, what our individual contribution can be, and sometimes just Talking is enough because whether we're a young person or an adult, oftentimes we have sort of, we've held on to these fears. We've held, held on to these ideas and concepts that we have. And if we can just create an opportunity to get to know each other and to recognize whatever challenges we face, if we come together and agree that for the greater good, we're going to create positive change, then we can do that. We have it within our power to do that, but people have to be heard, and people have to take, take a look at the simple things. We're breathing together. We're going to be living here together. Let's choose to create a better situation. I learned to love me, and by learning to love me, then I can love you more, and then we can create a better world. And young people need to hear that all the time because these are tough times for all of us, but very right. challenging for young people growing up. Right, right. So, Fred, we are coming down to the close of the show, I am, I could talk to you forever, and I know our listeners will want to know more about you and how to engage your services and just how to buy some of your CDs and your books, so how can they do that? Absolutely. They can uh, email me at uh, www.the.spirit.com 
the.spirit.experience at gmail.com. That's the.spirit.experience at gmail.com. People can go on my website. That's... Um, well, actually, you don't have to do the www. I'm right. Just put the right. dot spirit dot experience dot com. <laughs> right, uh, right, right. My web my website is my website is org. That's f r e j o n dot o r g. And there's an outline of the seminars and workshops that I offer. And you can contact also um, my website to order um, music and things of that nature. So the.spirit.experience.com, that's my email, and www.frijan.org is my website. And let me just take a moment to say, Cheryl, thank you so much for what you do for the world. So many of us who are out here uh, endeavoring to do great things and wanting to share who we are with the world, we we are indebted to you because of your commitment to provide an opportunity for the world to know who we are and your kindness and your caring. I've experienced it every time that I've been in your presence, and so I honor you, and I thank you for who you are. Oh, thank you, Brad. You're an amazing guy. So how about uh, 30 seconds of singing this close? Okay. All right. So as we close this interview, there's only one thing I want you to do. Remember, remember, my friend, that you are amazing, my friend. So let's breathe together in this world, and we'll create great change. Listening to the melody, the melodies we sing. Remember, you don't have to be a singer. Your melody is your words. Each word you speak, a melody, and together we will be musically together, nurturing each other, creating a better world, don't you know? And it's all because of the magnificent Shulesposito. Amazing. <laughs> Remember, everyone, to think big because the world could be a better place because of a conversation that matters. Thank you, Fred Johnson. This is Cheryl Esposito. Thank you for spending this hour with Cheryl Esposito and Leading Conversations. You can listen live every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you have a question or comment for Cheryl, please email her at leadingconversations at alexaconsulting.com. That's L-E-A-D-I-N-G-C-O-N-V-E-R-S-A-T-I-O-N-S at A-L-E-X-S-A-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G.com. See you next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 
Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexasaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide.